0: I've never seen somebody so excited. <laughs> mm, that's cool though. I think we can put her on full time. What do you think? So a couple of things before I get started. First thing is uh, Jason sent me a text message yesterday from Israel and it's pretty cool. I don't understand technology because I'm not really that smart, but iPhones, you know, you can see people typing. I was like, how cool is that I can see him typing in Israel Oh, crap. That is. That sounded way better when I said it this morning in my head. <laughs> y'all are a tough crowd. But now Jason's in Israel. Man, he was telling me about some things that they've experienced over there and, and uh, just some things that God has shown him, and I'm not going to steal his thunder because I'm sure they'll turn into a message or something here in the next uh, couple of weeks, but they're having a good time. Uh, Jesus is really um, messing them up, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, so y'all continue to pray for them while they're over there that... Uh, Man, Jesus just continues to open their eyes to his glory and just what he's done for them and and pray for their travels as they come home Friday and pray that I don't, uh, you know, burn the church down while they're gone or anything like that because uh, I am in charge and that's pretty scary. Uh, But it's good so far. (laughs) It is. It is. Second thing, I want to reiterate what Jason uh, said last week when he thanked everybody for helping out with D Now. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, Thank you guys for. Just what y'all do as a family. Uh, you come together. You pray for us. You you encourage. You gather food that is in abundance. Uh, I still got chips and cookies and stuff that I'm passing out. So if you need any of that stuff, give me a holler. Uh, thank you for opening your homes, uh, hauling kids around. We we uh, we had a good weekend at D now, and I know that there was some uh, some really some cool things that happened uh, through relationships and and just just being in the presence of Jesus. Uh, man, things happen. When, we, uh, when we're in the presence of Jesus, and that's always a good thing. So thank you uh, for your continued support of our youth. Uh, it's, it's very humbling to see uh, what God is doing out there, and I'm thankful uh, to be a part of that. So if you got your Bibles with you, open up to Philippians chapter 4. Darren was praying for us this morning before the first service, and he prayed that God would give me a word to speak. And, and once again, God's faithful, and he gave me 10 words to speak. So... If you got your Bibles open to Philippians chapter 4, stand with me as, as we read uh, what God's shown me for you guys this morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you uh, thanking you for this time. Jesus, for your goodness. Jesus, for your love for us, Jesus, for your obedience to the Father, that you would choose uh, to follow through with his plan and to die uh, for a bunch of sinners like us, uh, so that we can have life, that we can have freedom, that we can have all these promises uh, that God had in store for us. Uh, So Jesus, I pray that you be on full display this morning. Uh, You receive all the glory. Uh, Come on, Jesus, we're expectant of what you have in store for us this morning. You didn't bring us here just to sing a few songs and listen to a word. You bring us here so that your glory would be shown and that your love would be revealed and that lives would be changed. Uh, so, Father, we're expected of what you're going to do in this place this morning. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so with all this talk that's going on about Guatemala now, they're getting that all kicked off again to go back and and, and minister down there at, uh, in the jungle, uh, with, the, with the jungle school and, and all those things going on down there. It really took me back to a place uh, where I was at last year when we were getting ready to do the same thing and the expectations that we had preparing to, to go down there. You know, we thought that uh, we were going to be these, these life changers that God was sending down there, and we were. I mean, God uses his people, uses these broken vessels in mighty ways to, to get his work accomplished. But little did we know who was exactly going to be changed the most, and it was us. It was us, and God used those those little kids down there in the situations that they were in to to really mess our hearts up and, and to show us his power and his majesty through them. And, and one thing in particular, and we, you may remember when we got back, we, we, we showed a, a slideshow in here, and I also did one out in the youth building, <clears throat> and I'm not sure if the video that I'm going to talk about was shown in here or not, I don't remember, but uh, there was a video at the end of the slideshow that I showed out in the youth building, and, and what it is is somebody was videoing from the back of this little church that we were, we were in uh, in one of the villages that were right outside the jungle school. And I couldn't tell you the name of the village and it, it really doesn't matter. But we were in this church, man, it was it, it was nothing like a church that we envisioned, right? We envisioned a church like what we have here and it's beautiful and it's amazing. But this little church was a one-room church, probably 20 by 20, 20 by 30 or something, pretty small, no air conditioner. I mean it's hot you know you 're dripping sweat on the floor it's, it, it was hot and and there was quite a few people in there, a bunch of little kids, little kids i'm like hopes and smaller, and they had their little brothers and sisters with them taking care of them and and there's a, i don 't remember who was videoing from the back, once again it doesn 't matter, but they 're videoing and, and they start leading worship and and man, these kids and i 'm sitting on the stage in the front and, and these kids start singing and man, you don 't know the words because none of us speak spanish, you know you don 't know what they 're saying. Uh, you, 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 you can't understand uh, what they're trying to communicate, but all you can see is these, these big smiles on their faces and these veins, man, sticking out in their necks like this when they're singing these songs to Jesus. And I was watching this video again out of my office and, and flipping through the slideshows, and man, I get to that song and start listening to them. And I, I listen to it over and over and over again, just listening to these kids sing to Jesus. And man, I'm like, that's what it's about right there. Man, that's what it's about. It's not all about all this other stuff that we that we think it's about. It's not even us looking at them as like, well, these poor kids, they just don't know what they're missing out on. They don't even know and they don't care. Because they understand Jesus and they understand his love for them. And that's all they needed. And man, they're singing. You can't see the dirt on their feet. You can't see where they're living. The poverty that's around them, you can't see all these prisons, right? These things that hold them captive in their everyday life. All you can just hear, man, is joyful noises, right? And that's, that's what it is. It was a joyful noise raised up to Jesus. They had all they needed in that moment. And as I watched that video, I'm like, man, we got it all wrong over here. We do. We make joy into this big thing where everything's got to fit a certain way and look a certain way for us to be joyful, When all it is, is about Jesus having our eyes fixed on the cross, not having our eyes fixed on all this stuff that's going on around us, feelings and emotions. Those things don't, don't, they don't affect joy. It's Jesus and having our eyes fixed on that. Now, to be honest with you, since I envisioned that and since I've watched that video and experienced it firsthand, I mean, I've, I've lost sight of that so many times. I've lost sight of where my joy lies so many times just by getting caught up in things of the world writing things I think are important, and, and I've lost it so many times. And just like he reminded me the other day when I was watching that video, and he's reminding me constantly now that just as Paul writes in, in Philippians 4.4, 4, it is really only found in Jesus. And he is constantly reminding to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I will say rejoice. Those 10 simple words mean so much when we really put them into perspective about what's going on. You know, the more I read and the more I study and the more I look at Jesus and, and the more I learn about just who he is, just the truth of who Jesus is, the more he reveals himself to me, I understand more and more about what it means to be a child of God. I understand more about what was given to me through the blood and through the body. I understand more about what Jesus gave up so that I can have life and, and it continues to mess me up every time I think about that. Every time he reveals himself to me in a new way, just like through that video of those young kids in Guatemala, I was like, man, this is, this is so cool that you would do this for me. Why am I not seeing what you want me to see in this? But being the good father he is, he's always good to remind us just about what he's done for us. And Philippians is exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what's going on in the book of Philippians. Paul is in a prison. And when I say prison, Paul is in a place that is not like prisons like we know it today. Paul is locked in the inner cell of a, of a place that, that there is not joy as we see it. You wouldn't think there would be any kind of joy surrounding this place where Paul is. And yet here he is writing these words. Now, I've never been locked up before. I know that's a, a, probably a, a shock to a lot of you. Uh, I've never been arrested. I, I should have so many times. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so I can't speak firsthand knowledge about what Paul's, what kind of conditions Paul is in. I can't tell you I've been there, I can't tell you I understand it, but I know from history and what history tells us that this place Paul finds himself in when he's writing these words, rejoice in the Lord, are not something that we thought would be pretty happy. Listen to what Paul is, the the history of the the imprisonment that he finds himself in. First thing they do is strip him naked. Paul was arrested, he was stripped naked, then he was flogged, and we all know what flogging is. We read about that and understand that through the arrest of Jesus. After he was flogged through that humiliating and painful ordeal, he was bloody, of course. His wounds went untreated. And instead of changing them, the clothes out to give them new clothes while they're in prison, they're just continually wrapped up in these same clothes that they were put in prison with. So every time they move, the wounds are opened back up again because the clothes are stuck to them. There's no heat in the winter. There's no cold There's no essentials given for any of those kind of stuff. And most of these cells were completely dark. Absence of light. We can't understand that because everywhere we go, there is some kind of light. Even in the darkest bedroom, there's a clock or something going on completely dark It's like walking in one of those caves down in San Marcos marcus or wherever it is completely absolutely dark and here paul is in the cold dark lack of water lack of food and you can imagine the stench in this place right i don't want to go into too grave a detail because i ain't ate lunch yet and i want to really enjoy that later right but you can imagine what this place was like and it's not a place that we would look at and say man that's a great place to be and i bet he was joyful no That's a place we look at It's like, how in the world can he write words like this when he's in that kind of situation? Female and male prisoners were kept together, and you can imagine what come out of that deal. Prison food, like I said, when available was very poor, and it was only, most of the time, it was brought in by people from the outside. If you didn't have friends on the outside bringing you food, you didn't eat. This is where Paul is at. Acts chapter 16 says that Paul had his clothes torn off. He was beaten with rods, and then he was thrown into this inner cell, locked down in stocks and chains. This is not a great place to be. But as I said earlier, here he is in the middle of this darkness, in the middle of this circumstance that we think is just crazy bad. He's writing words about how joyful he is for suffering for the sake of Jesus. I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can be in that kind of place of darkness and write words like this. For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. And through your prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation of hope. That's earnest expect- that's, crazy. that's a whole other message in itself. My earnest expectation of hope, I will not be put to shame in anything. Writing this from a prison. I will not be put to shame, but with all boldness, Christ will be exalted in my body. Whether I live or whether I die. He writes, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. Let your conduct be worthy of the thing that got me put in prison to begin with. Strive together for the faith. The same faith that I am locked in chains for. Jesus, who came to earth as a man and came obedient. This is who I preach. And then I love this one. Paul writes, what things were gained to me, these things I've counted a loss for the sake of Christ. Even his very freedom. He says, you know what? That's worth it. My very freedom is even worth it. Then he writes, whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is any excellence and in anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Twenty-five times in the present letters that Paul wrote, he mentioned rejoicing in the Lord. Twenty-three times he said, have joy in Christ. Verse after verse after verse, truth after truth, all about the significance of his salvation and the majesty of of who Jesus is this same Jesus that he was locked up for you see Paul was so confident in Jesus and the promises given to him by Christ that his life was lived in a complete radical surrender to the faith that he was locked up for and his joy was found even in the middle of a prison cell his joy was still found in Christ Jesus was all he needed You see, something about Paul, though, that he never forgot is how his life was changed on that Damascus road that we read about in Acts chapter 9. Paul knew what happened to him that day. Paul knew the power that came over him that day. Paul knew the transformation that took place in his life that day, and it is something that he never forgot. But more importantly, it is something that he believed in. You see, a lot of us say we believe in something. And it's easy to believe in things till times get hard then that belief is shaken. Do I really believe this? Paul knew it. There was not a doubt in his mind who he died to and who had transformed his life from the pit into glory. And he wanted everybody to receive what he had and be they in prison or wherever else, he was going to make sure that he was preaching the gospel of Jesus and giving praise to his God for what he had been given. Paul knew what Jesus had done for him. He knew what it meant to be a son And with all authority and the ability given to him by Jesus, he was going to share the gospel. He was going to rejoice in the Lord, even from the inner cells of a Roman prison, beaten and bloodied and hungry. Once again, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Apparently, these saints who were at Philippi, these Philippians, were going through some things where they needed to be reminded of the joy that had been given to them by Christ and while it doesn't specifically say anything in there about what they were facing, we know the nature of people because we are them. We are people. We know what happens to us on a daily basis, how things happen in our lives that get us sidetracked from who Christ is and who we are in him. So here we see Paul not coming at them with a guilt and the shame message like you better tighten up. He's coming to them, showing them once again who they were in Christ. Very easily could he have went the other way. Very easily could he have guilted them and shamed them into opening their eyes once again to Christ. But he comes to him and says, look what Jesus did for you. Look what Jesus has done for you. And because you're going through different circumstances or emotions, maybe you got false teachers or, or lies or deceit going on around you. That does not change who you are in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. Right? Rejoice in the Lord. As Paul is concluding this letter, he affirms in them one more time that no matter what situation your eyes may see, your ears may hear, the Lord is where life is found. You know, life has a way of putting us in our own prisons, right? These places of darkness where the conditions are cramped and they're cold, you feel alone. The essentials that You always need it, may not be there that you think needs to be there. And we find ourselves need to be reminded of the gospel of Jesus and the joy that is found in Christ. Many times, as I said earlier, my my focus turns from, from joy in Jesus to pleasing men or seeking things that need to be done on the way I see that they need to be done. I create these prisons around myself that hold me captive from the freedom that lies in my Jesus and the freedom that he has saved me too. And I think it's a pretty safe bet to say that you guys find yourself in that same exact position from time to time because you know what? You're just like me. Just because I'm standing up here does not make me any different from anyone else in this earth. In fact, I'm the worst one here. I find myself being held captive by things that are not of Jesus and having the joy sucked out of me that lies only in my Christ. Christ. Maybe our prison that we find ourselves in is is our job. Maybe it's trying to please men, reach a level of success that we think is necessary for us to be joyful. Maybe it's our relationships. Man, if I just had that guy or that girl, if they would just do this or do that. Maybe if my husband or my wife would would fulfill a role or, or meet an expectation that I have set for them, maybe that's where I'll find my joy. Maybe it's our finances. Thinking, man, if I just made more money, everything would be cool. If my money would make it to the end of the month, maybe I could be joyful finally. Maybe it's a a place that you didn't ask for at all or chose to be in. Maybe it's a sickness or death of a loved one that you just can't get past. And while we can label things till we pass out, the fact of the matter is these prisons that we find ourselves in all hold us back from the freedom that Jesus has saved us to and they do steal our joy. And as I watched that video the other day, I was reminded once again that in all situations, in all aspects, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what place I may find myself in, that my joy is found in the Lord. Those children reminded me of that. And it's funny that God would use little kids that can't even speak English to show you where joy is found. You know, they didn't need a show. <laughs> they didn't need lights or smoke or, or this big dynamic speaker. They didn't need any of these things that we think usher in the Spirit. They just knew Jesus loved them, and that's all they needed to know. He loved them. They were worthy in him, and that they were cared for by a father. And man, it changed their life. And they were displaying that by singing to him. They were loved and that was enough. You know, I think the lesson to be seen in them, the lesson to be seen in Philippians and actually the entire story of Jesus is that it's the same for us. It's the same for us. Jesus and in, in his life and his sacrifice and his gospel and his love for us, that's enough. Period. Drop the mic, walk off the stage, close the doors, whatever you got to do. That is enough. It is not what we make it out to be. He is our source of all things. Not our success, not our relationships. Not how much money we got in our pocket or the truck we drive. Not how we're seen in the eyes of men. It is Jesus. He is our source of all things and he is our sustainer of all things. He is before and he is after and this is the most cool thing. He is in the during. Right now in the midst of all this craziness we find ourselves in. He is right there doing what he promised us he would do. His foundation is solid and he is not moved by emotions or circumstances. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Romans tells us in him we are more than conquerors over the situations we find ourselves in, over the prisons that hold us back. In him we have been given victory. In him we are no longer slaves to these things. In him we are free and we are children. Sons and daughters of the Most High King, heirs of the throne of God with Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Ephesians chapter 1, I believe we all need to read it every day. That's what we are told in Ephesians chapter 1. We are sealed and secure in the grip of our Creator. And there's nothing you can find yourself in to change that, that, that whole promise from God. In Him the mountains are moved and the impossibilities are made possible. In him is life and breath. And no other place other than him is where you're going to find your joy. You see, Paul never lost sight of that. That's why he could write, rejoice in the Lord, always. Again, I say rejoice, even from the inner cell of a prison where he is in absolute horrible conditions. Paul knew in whom he believed. And there was nothing that could change his mind about it. And he saw it as completely worthy for what Christ had given him. I've heard this quote many times and I've even seen it on a lot of marquee signs out in front of churches. And I have never really even thought about it much. You know, you just kind of write it off as another sign you see out in front of a church. But it says you don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. (laughs) You don't realize Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. But I think Spurgeon says it best when he says this. He says, I don't think the church rejoices enough. We all grumble enough and groan enough, but very few of us rejoice enough. And that's the truth. How easy it is to lose sight of what we've been given. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to stay in that place where Jesus is all I need because that is the only place you're ever going to find yourself that's good. good. When I was studying and preparing for this message, I kept going back to, the, to this thought. And, uh, and I know what it is. It's just the enemy trying to, trying to get into your mind. And I was like, this is the simplest message I've ever preached in my life. it has got to be more to it. I've got I to gotta search more and, and find more to, to put in here to, to make it fly or whatever. i gotta, I got to do more. But then it came to me. This is exactly the way Jesus designed it to be. It's simple. Look how bad we mess up simple. Think if it would have been complicated. Think if the gospel would have been complicated, how bad we would mess it up. But because Jesus loves us so much, he made it simple. A simple message of Jesus did this for you. And Jesus does this for you because you could never do it for yourself. And even in the darkest places we find ourselves, which are dark at times, Jesus and his light is still shining bright. He is our joy, plain and simple. And guys, that is enough. The fact is, there's many of us sitting here in these pews today that are wrapped up in prisons and chains that are preventing us from being, or preventing us from living the life of freedom that Jesus has saved us to. And guys, I don't make light out of any of them. Because when it's happening to us, it is the baddest and most poor, horrible thing that there can be going on. And it's tough, man. There are days when it is tough. It's tough. I know that, you know that, and we don't make light out of any of them. And some of those people, that just come up and say, I just, I'm going to pray for you. I just want to punch them in the throat. It is what it is. I think I'd rather them come up and say, you know what, Jesus loves you. And he died so that you could see him in this. I wish somebody would come up and remind me like Paul was reminding these Philippians that it's not about what I see or about what I hear, but it's about the completed work of Christ on the cross. And even if, he is still going to be glorified in these things. I believe for for us to rejoice in Jesus as Paul writes is for us to understand and believe exactly that thing, what we have been given through his shed blood and what we have been given through his broken body. I believe for us to understand what it means to rejoice always is to constantly preach the gospel to ourselves, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, with somebody speaking to you. Every moment of your day, tell yourself what Jesus has given you. Tell others what Jesus has given you. Know who you are in Christ, Ephesians chapter 1 again. For us to rejoice always is to have our eyes fixed on the cross. Not on all this stuff. Not on all this stuff, put blinders onto that stuff, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our our faith, knowing that we can trust in his divine plan for his kids and he is still on his throne right now doing what he has promised us that he would do. Guys, we've been freed from these things. We've been freed from these things that hold us back. Jesus died so that we can have this freedom. Trust him in that. I believe it's time for us as a family, as chosen, saved, sealed, set-aside children of God, to put our eyes back on the source of Christ. And even in the dark times, realize that things in the dark will be brought to light. That is a promise given us to us through Jesus. And to be reminded just how Paul reminded the Philippians, to rejoice always in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, it sounds so simple. Jesus, it sounds so simple, and I know that it is. You've told us that your, your burden is light. But, Father, it's when we get our eyes off of you it's when things become difficult. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here in this building now ministering to people who may find themselves wrapped up in chains of life. Father, who are just wanting a breath, who are just want to see a, just a glimpse of your glory in this. You know their situations. You know these prisons that they're finding themselves being held in. And Father, while they want to scream out and rejoice to you, it's hard to. Jesus, I pray that you just show them that you love them right now. Don't give them an answer as to why. Don't help them to try to understand why they're in the situation they're in, but just tell them that, you're there, that you love them in it. Jesus, that you died so that they can praise you even in the darkest times. Remind us who we are in you. What it means to be a son or a daughter of the king. What it means to be sealed. What it means to have all the heavenly blessings, all the spiritual blessings from heaven given to us. What it means to be worthy. Jesus, once again, what it means to be loved. Jesus, you receive all the glory for the ministering that's going on in this place today. Father, thank thank you for being such a good father that you're constantly reminding us who you are, even in the crazy. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you come. You didn't bring us here to listen to me. You didn't bring us here to sing four songs. You didn't bring us here for any of those things. You brought us here so that you could be revealed, so that you could show somebody who they are in you the Holy Spirit minister to them right there where they're at in all the mess that they may find themselves in show them who they are in you Jesus I love you and I'm so thankful that you chose us to be your kids to be your vessels Jesus we give you all the praise and glory in Christ's name I pray, amen